0: Emerge.
1: This is Emerge, a review of blogs, books, and more about the global emerging
0: church.
2: One of the hesitations that I have with relevancy is that it allows the church, I think, still to be safe in many senses. It allows us to be completely detached from culture.
1: Welcome to the second podcast of Emerge, a global conversation on the future church that is emerging now. The theme for our second podcast is The Emerging Church in the United States. I'm joined by my guest, Aaron Flores. Aaron recently published his master's thesis with the title An Exploration of the Emerging Church in the United States on the Internet. First of all, thank you very much for making available your study on the Internet. I've seen it referred to in a number of blogs, so it's obviously being appreciated out there.
2: I didn't think that it was going to get such great response, but it did. I'm happy to see that. I was really interested in developing an understanding of the emerging church, specifically in the United States. And I wanted to develop an understanding more of an anthropological and a sociological stance on it as really just this culture group or this people group kind of like we would if we were going to go to a foreign place and kind of understand a foreign culture why
1: were you interested in that particular angle because there's a lot of writing from the organizational side and from the theological side
2: i thought that it would give a new perspective on the emerging church to understand it not necessarily just as a religious phenomenon but understand it as a cultural and and sociological phenomenon
1: how long did the whole project take from beginning to end
2: oh it it's probably about two years worth of research.
1: how many churches were involved in this study?
2: I ended up taking a look at roughly two hundred churches in the United States
1: uh, how did you what methods did you use to examine these churches?
2: I used a program to help me determine what words were being used in emerging church settings. I would go to emerging churches and look at their value statements, their mission statements, the way that they describe themselves as churches, both online and in interviews. And then I would write down what's known as a free list and I would put all of these words in a list in the order of which they would say them. So I, And then I ran them through the program and the program would uh, allow me to determine what were uh, what were the words that were most often used in emerging church settings and that's how I came up with the mission and the characteristics and the values. So you set
1: up a number of criteria beforehand that you used to define who these churches were? Yes,
2: I did. Out of a list of 10 or 12 criteria, the church met two characteristics I had to include them in my study. Somebody could argue that even a church that has one characteristic of an emerging church is possibly emerging. Um, One of the big ones was just that if the church claimed to be an emerging church, if They uh, had some tendencies to deconstruct or reconstruct the church in a postmodern culture. If there was an importance or focus being placed on authenticity, or if there was a highly creative or artistic approach to worship or spirituality, if there was an emphasis placed on ancient spirituality or traditions in a current cultural context, if there was a, a minimalist or a decentralized organizational structure, if there was a value for deconstruction and reconstruction of theology if there was a holistic mission that the church was about, if there was an intergenerational or multi generational approach to community, if there was a multicultural formation of community, if there was a concentration placed upon the formation of community or being relational, and then also if, if being relevant was stressed or cultural relevance was highlighted, those were some of the criteria that I used to establish whether a church was emerging or not.
1: Did you distinguish between the terms emerging and emergent?
2: At the time that I was doing my study, the term that was being favored during that time was emerging church, and now I see more that people are calling it emergent church. And my concern with the labels emerging and emergent is that it often gets confused with emergent, the organization at emergentvillage.com.
0: So
1: it is possible to be an emerging church without knowing that you're an emerging church? Oh, definitely. Yeah,
2: (laughs) oh, definitely.
1: Why is it that some people want to be thought of like that, but actually aren't, and others don't want to be thought of like that, but they actually are?
2: Well, it comes to the whole trendy thing. I mean, I think that we're always, as Americans, looking for the next coolest, the best thing to do, and we go and we do it. And so I think there is a variance of the emerging church in the United States that is trendy, that is, you know, the popular thing to do. And I think that those churches who are doing that are missing the point. They're not getting it. And uh, and the churches that are not doing that all accidentally happen to be, you know, (laughs) express things that are emerging. It's just, it's kind of the irony of it, I think. What you learned from your study, the emerging church is very complex. People out there who would like to simplify what the emerging church is or who would like to really master what the emerging church is. And I don't think that it's really quite possible. But I think there's just so many expressions of the emerging church that it's really hard to box it and say, this is what the emerging church is. That becomes really problematic, especially when you look at it from a global standpoint as well. The emerging church is expressed differently in every culture and every context. That's kind of what has uh, disappointed me the most, is that a lot of people just don't understand what the emerging church is. And I think that you know maybe we haven't done a really good job at describing what it is. And so a lot of people have assumed that it's this trendy, stylistic you know, make some minor adjustments in how we do church, and that's what the Emerging Church is. And I don't think that that's necessarily what it is at all.
1: If you had to give a short summary of what you think an Emerging Church is, how would you describe this whole thing?
2: I think the word that describes the Emerging Church the best in the United States, and maybe even globally, is the word missional church that is seeking to be indigenous to its culture, that's seeking to be an expression within that culture of Christ, and everything else doesn't necessarily matter. And I think uh, the word missional is really a, a local and a global word.
1: What's the focus of the reaction against the seeker-sensitive churches?
2: There's a lot of different things. There's a really great book right now by uh, the author's last name is Fitch, The The Great Giveaway. And I would actually recommend that as probably one of the, the second best books on the emerging church. And I think that hits a lot about, about consumerism, about what types of Christians are, are we creating in consumer settings and consumer models of church. What kind of Christians are we creating by providing programs and religious services and goods? I think there's others who are saying there's still a place for some sort of programming of some sorts, but necessarily we shouldn't be a program-driven church.
1: The idea of a, a network seems to be very central to some definitions of emerging churches. Would you agree with that?
2: The first few pages of my study, I describe it as a network. I took some criticism for describing it as, as that because I don't know necessarily how true the term network is to an ecclesiology, to understanding the church. And I don't necessarily think that the church should be understood as a network of people.
1: Why are you hesitating about that?
2: I'm trying to develop, I guess, an ecclesiology, an understanding of the church from Scripture. I don't know necessarily if Scripture uses a network or if network's is a good metaphor for understanding who the church is. I'm still kind of working through that. And I think network kind of has these separate parts that are, that are connected. And I don't really see in Scripture how we exist like that. I think we exist as one body.
1: I saw some very interesting discussions, and I'm sending you the, the links uh, via the chat mode of Skype on a British site called Small Ritual about Network Church. Yes. Instead of using the word network, what would give a more holistic feeling?
2: My problem with network is that it's these separate things that are connected, and you know, just like the link, I see some of the pictures that you just sent me, just like some of those things, these separate churches, these separate entities that are linked between each other. What I see within Scripture is one body.
1: It seems to me that what the author, Steve Collins, was trying to do on his blog was to show the difference between a top-down hierarchy and a different way of relating. Yes,
2: definitely, yeah.
1: was Here I Am by the group Fractal Edge, featuring vocalist Philippa Berry. Like most people within the emerging church movement, Aaron Flores also blogs. In his case, at The Voice, I asked Aaron what he is currently writing about on his blog.
2: I have several different posts. Um, I do a lot of video, so uh, one of the things, one of the projects I'm working on on my site is to kind of take a look back at my spiritual life backwards. I grew up in a in a broken home and so what that meant for me was that my time was spent uh, somewhat primarily in a catholic setting so I was raised catholic but then I spent a lot of weekends with my godparents who happened to be protestant and not only were they protestant but they were they were anti catholic pentecostals and so it creates a really unique backdrop for who I am and and how I see faith and how I merge things together and you know I still consider myself to be in big part Catholic and in really big parts evangelical Protestant as well. Only probably a really small part of me considers myself to be Pentecostal. Maybe there's like 2% of who I am is Pentecostal. But but yes, I'm working on some videos that explores my spiritual journey backwards called Sideways and Out There. It's just videos on how I ended up seeing the church the way I did. Some of the other stuff I'm working on is I'm looking at Christ's message as epidemic, trying to just get to the core of what Christ was saying when he was with us and trying to encourage and challenge the church to return to what Christ was trying to get at, the message of the kingdom of God and being about that. And then also just trying to move us beyond relevancy in some ways.
1: Relevancy, I understood, as relevant to your culture.
2: One of the hesitations that I have with relevancy is that It allows the church, I think, still to be safe in many senses. It allows us to be completely detached from culture and to pick up kind of a second language of sorts so that we can be relevant uh, to culture. And I think that probably the next step beyond relevancy was to seek how we can be indigenous, how we can be a part of the culture, at the same time still being counter the culture. So I don't think relevancy necessarily captures that kind of dynamic.
1: So where would you wanna go beyond relevancy? What lies beyond
2: it? I would like to see us become indigenous. I would like to see us become indigenous of culture or expressions of the church coming out of an indigenous culture. I mean, one of the ways that we're doing that at Canvas is we are embedding ourselves in the culture of downtown Santa Ana. Here in central Orange County, Santa Ana is one of the toughest areas of Orange County. I mean, it probably is the toughest area. It's it's plagued with a lot of poverty and crime, drug abuse, teen pregnancy. It just has a lot of inner city problems. When people think about Orange County, they don't necessarily think of that. And there's really no reason why Santa Ana should really exist with the problems that it does have, except that it's been neglected by by the surrounding cities. But anyhow, one of the things that we're doing is we're embedding ourselves within that culture to just see what kind of ministries come out, what comes out of being an indigenous presence there. Some of the people in our church have interest to move to the city of Santa Ana. So it's just, you know, it's a different way of thinking. It's just more beyond what kind of language can we speak to communicate to these people. It's really how do we live with these people? How do we live amongst them? How do we become one of them? How do we become one of them?
1: I see that you're part of a new church, Canvas. How did you become involved in
2: that? (laughs) Yeah, Canvas. That was actually, that's kind of an interesting story. Let me say, I've been there two and a half years, actually, and I was brought on about a year ago as an associate of sorts, associate pastor. The leadership at that time brought me on to kind of take care of uh, leadership and ministry development for what was known as Circle Church, which met in the Orange Circle uh, here in Orange County, in the city of Orange. That was a church plant of the Evangelical Covenant. And going on its, I think, fourth year, the founding pastor last fall decided to resign. He ended up taking up uh, another position on the East Coast. And so uh, our church was at kind of a fragile point. We didn't know whether we were going to continue on or if we were going to fold it up or or what God wanted us to do. So we decided to restart our church, replan it, do something different with it. And I think what the initial pastor was trying to establish and what he kind of instilled in us was that was something good. And we wanted to take it to the next level and see what God had placed inside our hearts uh, come to fruition. So last fall, we started replanting and starting an all brand new church out of Circle Church. That's now known as Canvas.
1: Tell me a little bit about the Southern California cohort. How long has it been going?
2: We just got started the end of last summer or the beginning of early fall of 2005. Me and uh, two other guys started it. We were in Kentucky together last year, and, and we're hearing a lot about the cohorts with Emergent and knew that there wasn't any cohort down near us in Los Angeles, and so we wanted to get one together. I ended up emailing Emergent and telling them you know, that we wanted a cohort here. Uh, they told me to email another guy named Nathan Clare, who actually is a co-guide with me in the uh, Emergent SoCal group. And we got together, and we just started every month putting together conversations and different learning experiences and community relational stuff, you know, where we could all connect with different emerging-type people here in uh, Southern California. It's been, it's been a really good, positive experience.
1: Who all is involved in the co
2: Nathan, Claire, and I, we co-guided, and then we have regulars who come. There's probably about 15 of us who are regulars. And our events, the last one we had was was at Fuller, and that was with uh, Ryan Bulger who came and, and talked to us about his book. I think we had about 40 people there.
1: You said that there were some good things. What did you take away from that?
2: Yeah, he was talking about the emerging church, just kind of global perspective. And I think one of the biggest things that I took away uh, from that was he was talking about the desperation of American emerging churches in comparison to the uh, desperation of churches in the U.K., and the percentage of the population who attends church in the UK is so small. I think it's about one percent or so. And here in the United States, I've I seen figures for fifteen to twenty percent of all Americans still attend church, which is somewhat high in comparison to the UK. But he was just saying in the United States that that, that we're not as desperate because our percentage isn't isn't that low. Where in the UK they're really desperate to try new things with church. We're here in the United States when we try new things. There's often a lot of criticism and a lot of backlash that kind of follows, and I totally agree.
1: Now, you've held events every month so far.
2: Yeah, we try. Yeah, we try to connect uh, every every month. Um, it's it's sporadic. It's not you know the first week or second week. It's just whenever we can get something on the calendar.
1: Is there something planned for the next one?
2: Um, we're working on that right now.
1: Well, Leon, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me, and thank you for releasing your study on the net and exploration of the emerging church in the United States. Well, you're welcome. Our next show will focus on the emerging churches in New Zealand with my guest, Steve Taylor, author of The Out of Bounds Church and author at Apawa Baptist Church. If you would like to send me comments and suggestions about the podcast, or if you've produced music that you would like me to play on the show, email me at e.merge at yahoo.com. You can also call e-merge with Gizmo to leave a voice message. Our opening theme music is from Mary's Baby by the group Spirit of the New. Our closing theme music is the song Justice from the album Backbone by Johnny's in the Basement. Both songs available from proust.co.uk. If you would like to find out more about the Emerging Church, follow the links for this show. This is the Red Herring signing off. Thank you for joining me. Until next time, peace and justice. Seek good
0: night.